a, a few things to chat about this morning. Are you hungry? Yes. All right, let's just, hey, let's just start here. I'm pretty stirred up. Is this, is this Jesus walking on the water? Yes? Oh, okay. <laughs> you walking on the water? Sweet. It's beautiful. I, I just thought it was interesting that um, the painter painted about water, rivers. I'm glad you played the thing because uh, I meant to ask you guys to do your song, The Rivers, this morning. Because um, something profound is going to happen today. Come on, Jesus. John chapter 5. Starting in verse 1, we're just going to reference this at this moment, and then we'll come back. Then we will come back this way, because I want to make sure I can see everybody. Amen? Um, after this, there was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Um, someone asked me yesterday what I meant by go up and in, and I told him, if you read the Bible very closely, you'll always see the direction is always up. Come on, somebody. Where did, he go? Where did he go? He went up to Jerusalem. <laughs> Come on, everybody say, I'm going up. Yeah, I get possessed with these little things, and, and, and then you see them all through Scripture. It's always up. It's always up. It's always up. Went up to Jerusalem. Now there is in Jerusalem the Sheep Gate, a pool which is called in Hebrew Bethesda. Just mark that word. You know, if, if, you, if you got a highlighter or a pen or if you're using an iPad, just select highlight it. Um, Bethesda, having five porches. That's also very important. And these lay a great multitude of sick people, blind, lame, paralyzed, waiting for the moving or the stirring of the waters. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. Come on, Jesus. Come on. <laughs> For an angel went down at a certain time. Mark that word, certain. At a certain time and stirred the waters. <laughs> Whew. And whoever stepped in first after the stirring of the waters was made well of whatever disease he had. Now a certain man was there who had an infirmity 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there and knew he had already been there in that condition a long time, he said to him, do you want to be made well? The sick man answered, sir, I have no man to put me in the water when the water is stirred. But while, I'm a, while I am coming, another steps in before me. Jesus said to him, rise, take up your bed and walk. And that day was the Sabbath. The Jews therefore said to him who was cured, is it, it is the Sabbath, it is unlawful for you to carry your bed and so on and so forth. I love this uh, passage of scripture, Pool of Bethesda. Now, I've actually been there. Have you, have you guys been there? It's, it's, really, a, it's really an amazing um, site. It's very deep. Bethesda, Pool of Bethesda. Bethesda had five porches. Many people will say, you know, prophetically speaking, five is the number of grace. So, it, you know, it represents a house of grace. Um, you know, the five-fold ministry. Many people will say, you know, this, you know, the stirring of the waters happens when the five-fold ministry comes into alignment. I actually agree with all of those, but I actually found another 
um, definition that I just love means place of outpouring. <laughs> and at a certain time, an angel would come to this place of outpouring. Now, an angel is the word angelos, and it means messenger. Now, I believe this was an angel. We don't worship angels, but I do recognize that God uses angels. But I also recognize that, you know what? Pastor is an angel. He is a messenger. And sometimes God will send a messenger at a certain time. Certain time there. Time, um, there's two types of time. There's chronos time. You know, everybody can look at your watch. And time is always moving. But there is another Kairos moment. Now see, God lives outside of time. Do you think God is confined by time? He created time. He's transcendent. And I'll quote Pastor here. We're going to be naturally transcendent. Come on, somebody. But at a Kairos moment, what is Kairos? Kairos is a moment when God decides, I'm going to stop time, and I'm going to step in, and I'm just going to move. It's a distinct moment. It's a defining moment. And that's where you're at today. It's not an accident. God sent a messenger here this weekend. Come on, somebody. Because you're a place of outpouring. And it's time for a new acceleration. Come on, somebody. It's time for a stirring of the waters. Now, see, every message, and I've been doing my best to do this all weekend. I just haven't communicated it. But every, every message, um, traveling like I do, I'm always very aware of the person. I'm, I'm very big about stopping for the one. I'm, I wrote the song, <laughs> stopping for the one. So I believe there are people in this room this morning that need a stirring of the waters. But then I also look at the ecclesia, the church, okay? And the church needs a stirring. But then also I look at every nation that I go to. So I'm, I'm communicating to you every night this week and this morning, I'm communicating to you on three different dimensions. That's how I flow. So I teach very prophetically. So I'm trying to look at the nation, look at the city, the church, and then I'm trying to look at the individual. So I'm going to do my, hey, do my best this morning to communicate on that level. Now you notice all around the pool, all around the pool, there's people waiting for a stirring of the waters. I mean, you know, we are the tabernacle. Paul said it over and over and over. Paul said, don't you know? You are the tabernacle. Just look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, don't you know? You're the tabernacle. Now, I've, I've taught my, my children all, my, all their lives since they were kids um, <laughs> that we are the church. You are the church. You are the tabernacle. But we assemble together, and we're a corporate body, a corporate church, Yeah. One, one time I went to pray with a local pastor in my city and, and Faith Tuesday, it was Faith Tuesday, and, and, and she said, uh, 
Everybody wave at my beautiful daughter. Get up and greet everyone. Faith Tuesday. I just want to thank everyone who's loved on her. I mean, um, you know, doing what we do, we, a lot of people come in and out of our lives, just like you, you guys here. And, and uh, there's been a level of, of uh, there's been a level of, of healing, even in my heart, just the way you love. So I just want to say thank you. I, I can't get into details, but the way you love and the way you honor, it's just unreal. So, um, so there are people all around the pool. Now, we're the church, okay? There are people all around this, this church, this tabernacle, this place of outpouring that are waiting. There's sick people, lame people, hurting people. All around this church, all around this city, in every street corner, in every Starbucks, in every grocery store, there, there are people waiting for their Kairos moment for an angel to stir the waters. So, you know, you have, you have the church. It's the place of outpouring. It's the tabernacle. But then you have you. When you go to, you know, yesterday we were sitting at a, a restaurant and we were just talking about Jesus and this guy just kept getting closer and well, he was waiting he was an awesome guy I mean beautiful guy and he was waiting the waters were stirring do you see what I'm saying come on somebody come on somebody and it's a kairos moment and this church I really believe is living a kairos moment a moment that is bringing acceleration amplification new revelation, transformation, reformation, all of the transfiguration. I mean, all of those things happen like at a certain time, you know, God took up his, you know, closest friends up the Mount of Transfiguration and he revealed himself. Anytime you're called higher, you're called to a new place. It's going to make you uncomfortable. Like pastor is a visionary. You know, I know, I don't think you guys do either. We're not like into titles, but He's, he's, he's an apostle. He's apostolic. He's, he's thinking that way. So the kids kept saying, would you quit talking about the CD? But see, he couldn't let go of it. <laughs> because it was a vision. It was a vision that God gave him. And you get possessed with that, you know. And at a Kairos moment, bam, God just says, okay, it's time. And then all of a sudden, everything changes. And you're like, remember that time? And then, but you're already living in a new time. <laughs> Am I making sense here? So you're in a Kairos moment, and I, you know, I feel so honored that I get to come and, and share this weekend with you. And I'm telling you, it's as if the finger of God you know, is touching the ceiling, and you can just see ripples because the waters are stirred. Come on, Jesus. Come on, somebody. I'll never forget um, when God first started speaking to me about stirring the waters, I was actually at a falls. Um, Niagara Falls is stunning. Um, we were at a place called Iguazu Falls in Brazil. It's one of the seven wonders of the world, you know. And in the waterfalls, you can hear there's every frequency known to man and not known to man and to the sub-regions. There's frequencies because he's the voice of many waters. And when you, when you go to the Iguazu Falls, it's so loud. There's such an amplification that you're like, 
this is really cool, isn't it? Yeah. And you're like trying to talk. Nobody can hear you. It's like, because all you hear is, shh. It's the most stunning thing in the world. And right after that, I was in Paraguay, South America. And this was in a season, we went there three years in a row and we're, we want to go back. And, and what we would do is we would raise shoes. Um, we would raise as many shoes as we could and socks. And we would go to Paraguay and we would go to the streets. It's my favorite thing to do. And we would go to the children and we would wash their feet. And these kids had never had shoes. And their shoes are filled with worms and sores and cuts and bruises and you name it. And so we would wash their feet and we would even have to be careful how we washed their feet because their feet were so damaged, you know. And so we would wash their feet and give them socks and give them shoes and it was just fantastic. The last time we went, we we raised over a thousand pairs of shoes, you know. Um, That's... That's a big part of what we do. We're, we're kind of uh, musicianaries. Um, you know, music just gets us in, you know. But I spend most of my time hands-on ministry. Like, I'm a true missionary through and through. I burn for people. You can't help it. Passion brings compassion. You know, it's just what happens. The more in love you fall with Jesus, the more in love you fall with people. So... We would wash their feet, and my wife, I hope maybe, you know, next year, next time we come, or maybe we'll just come and visit, you know, um, hang out. Uh, maybe my wife can come. She's, I married up. You're always supposed to go up, see? You're always supposed to go up. I married up, and um, she is gorgeous. If I start talking about her, I won't stop, so I better stop. But she was with me, and we were in Paraguay, and she's much more prophetic than I am. That's usually how it goes. And we're on the bus, and we pull up to this, to this little village, and there's a well in the front yard of the, like, hut or whatever you would call it, of where all the children were waiting for their shoes. And my wife punches me. I may need some counseling, you know. She hits me all the time, like when she gets revelation, it's like, Jason, can you see that? Any other wives do that here? I mean, and my wife just like punches me and she's got a little, you know, she's pretty strong. And um, anyways, but no, she, she hit me in the arm and she goes, Jason, there's a well. And I said, yes. <laughs> you know, I was, I was handling the 60 young adults we had with us. You know, I'm like trying to get them. She's like, there's a well in the front yard. And I'm like, yes, babe. And then I was like, oh, oh, we're going to pull water out of the well And we're going to wash their feet. Oh, sookie, sookie. Come on, Jesus. I was like, and then all of a sudden I'm like, oh, my, oh, my God. This is going to be amazing. You know, I'm like. <laughs> so we're all around the pool. There were all these children right around the well waiting for a stirring of the waters. So, I mean, I was so busy, like, administrating the trip, I didn't get to wash feet. It's one of my favorite things to do. I love washing feet. And um, 
I took care of my mom all of my life. My mother's paralyzed from her neck down since I was nine years old. And so I grew up every night washing her hair and brushing her hair. And I don't know, like, there's nothing more beautiful than serving people and giving them dignity. You know, that's just priceless. And so at one point, um, there was this older gentleman leaning on the well. And I heard God, you know. I'm, I'm one of those guys, I don't, I was just brought up, you never say God said unless you hear God. You know, I was just taught, because you know, too many people are like, I got a prophetic word. And you're like, okay. <laughs> mm-hmm. What do you think? And then I'm like, well, you said God told you. I'm not going to say anything. <laughs> I mean, if God told you, I'm not going to disagree with God, you know. So I've just always been taught, you know, never say God said unless you heard. I heard God. And he said, you go wash his feet. And he was leaning on the well. I will never forget this the rest of my life. So I walk over to the well, and he had on shoes. But his feet were in such bad condition, literally, I had to put his arm around me and walk him to where we would wash his feet. So... You know, I walked him over, and, and he could barely walk. He was in a lot of pain, and I, I sat him down. And, I, and I'm not saying this to get a response from you, okay? But I just need to communicate the condition of humanity. His, his feet, the shoes were stuck to his feet because of open sores and the worms in his feet and so on and so forth. So I actually had to pull the shoe off of his foot. And it smelled horrible. But I didn't care. But I could tell it embarrassed him. I mean, it didn't bother me. But I could just tell he was ashamed. And bro, I just, I just, washed, I just washed his feet, you know. I took water out of this well, the source of water. <laughs> the place of outpouring. And I washed his feet and God said, you know, out of your belly flows rivers to wash humanity all around the pool. All around the pool. There are people waiting. Humanity is, is waiting and longing for someone who's drank from the river. <sighs> We have lots of songs about the river, and your song is stunning. A lot of people wonder, what is the river? What is the river? You know, I'm, I heard Roland Baker one time. I was with Roland in Korea, and he was preaching. Everybody's talking about the river. What's the river? How do you go? The river is the manifestation of the presence of God. I could even get deeper there, but I want to take you to some scriptures this morning. Psalms 36, verse 7. Everybody doing all right? Yes, Hallelujah. We're going to get back here in a few minutes. But I love to teach. Just look at your neighbor and say, neighbor. There's a river in you. There's a river in me. <laughs> the waters are stirring. They're stirring. I mean it. The waters are stirring. I don't know if you can feel it. I can feel the momentum 
in the room, the waters are stirring because you're in a Kairos moment. This church is in a Kairos moment. I love this scripture. Psalms 36, verse 7. How excellent is your loving kindness, O God. Woo. Therefore, the children of men put their trust under the shadow of your wings. That's where we're at right now. See, Isaiah chapter 22, 22, and in the book of Revelation, it says that there's, I said this the other night, there's a key of David that opens a door. What happened this morning and, and, and every time you worship, intimacy opens a doorway. And God is always inviting you to a higher level. We never have to be bored with our relationship with God. Because he's, you know, you cannot exhaust his revelation. You cannot exhaust his love. I mean, we sang it in the um, lyrics this morning of that song, and, I, and I've heard it said before, how can the angels say holy, holy, holy for eternity? Well, because they always see another facet. They always see another realm of, of revelation of God. Do you think there's only nine fruits of the Spirit? You think there's only so many gifts of the Spirit? Those are just the ones he told us about. Come on, somebody. You can't exhaust his revelation. You can never tire of worship. Come on, Jesus. Come on, Jesus. <laughs> and so what happened is, bam, we came into that place of the overshadowing presence of God, the very atmosphere of heaven, and it's here. A lot of people think, oh, worship's over, so, you know, that time's over. No, this is still worship. I'll just say one more thing, and then I'll continue on. Uh, Faith Tuesday, um, I think she was three or four, maybe. We had been fasting and praying as, a, as our, our team. I was, this is when I was on staff at a church. I've been on staff at two different churches, and I don't church hop. I was on, I was on staff at both churches almost 10 years. So I've got, over, I've got 20 years' experience being on staff as a pastor at a church. Hallelujah. I love the church. We were fasting and everybody was beginning to knock on the door. You know, we were getting ready to throw down, man. I mean, this is a long time ago and we were going to, you know, we were going to like shout at the devil and, you know, do all that stuff. I don't shout anymore. I don't need to. If I walk in the room, he's got to go. God that's in me is bigger than any demon in the world. Come on, Jesus. But I just want to say one more thing about worship. Because worship is not defined by music or dance or painting. It's a posture of the heart. It's loving rightly. We don't stop worship when pastor starts teaching. Worship is a romance. It's communication. It's me talking to him, him talking to me. Do you know he likes to talk too? <laughs> Sometimes we don't give him room to talk. He's all like, but, but, wait, but, okay, okay. <laughs> you know, he has a lot to say. And so Faith Tuesday was in the backyard swinging, and then she came in right when all the guys started getting to the house, and she goes, Daddy, Daddy, will you swing me on the swing? And I almost said, well, baby, just, I, I, of course I would swing her on the swing, but at that point, everyone was knocking on the door, getting ready to throw down. We were going to intercede. 
you know. And I almost said after prayer, and God said, do you think you're worshiping me any less? So I told everybody, y'all go ahead. I'm going to go swing my daughter. That was one of the most powerful moments of worship of my life. Loving my daughter rightly. Come on, Jesus. Worship is not just singing songs. It's loving my wife rightly. It's loving my neighbor rightly. It's, it's the fruits of the spirit. Okay, so I'll get back to the message now. <laughs> so we're here under the shadow of his wings, yeah? They shall be. Who? They. So who's he talking about? Because we're under the shadow of his wings right now. So just look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, he's talking to you. Okay? It says, they shall be abundantly satisfied. You're going to be abundantly satisfied this morning. What? You know, he's very specific with his words. He said, abundantly. God is exceedingly, abundantly, above all we can ask, think, hope, or imagine. Come on, Jesus. He said, the children of men, speaking of you, shall put the trust under the shadow of his wings, and they, speaking of us, shall be abundantly satisfied. Mm. Maybe I'm the only one excited here, but... I just love the word, and he just said, we're going to be abundantly satisfied. I, I believe it. He said it this morning. You believe it? Yes. Then you receive it. Amen. What, what? <laughs> abundantly satisfied with the fatness. That means access. Fatness of thy house. And here it is. This is what's going to happen this morning. So just get ready. Just get ready. Be like T.D. Jakes. Get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready. Oh, I'm talking to somebody. I didn't come here to just talk to anybody. I came here to talk to somebody. How many somebody's in the house this morning? Just say it. Yeah. I grew up in the South. You know, I could sing my messages. You know. <laughs> and they, it's called hoop. Did you ever wonder what it was called? When they said, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God. And in the south, everybody goes, yeah. <laughs> and the word became flesh. <laughs> and dwelt among us. I wish I could find five people. Touch 15 and a half people and tell them God's good. <laughs> That's when they preach like this. They say, he's like Coke. He's the real thing. He's like Pepsi. He's the choice of a new generation. He's like scotch tape, baby. He's holding you together, but you don't see him. Yes. They really do that. They really preach that way. Okay. So, Back to the text. 
I am plastered, man, I'll tell you. Okay. <laughs> Woo, shakaraba. Sweet baby Jesus. I had some sweet baby Jesus uh, ice cream yesterday. It was really good. <laughs> I really did. Taste and see that the Lord is good. I was like, well, I mean, I can't choose anything else. Jesus is on the list. I mean, <laughs> here he goes. Are you ready? And they, say, I'm they. I'm they. They shall drink of the river of your pleasure. Come on, G. Are you ready? He said this morning, under the shadow of his wings, you are going to drink of the rivers of his pleasure. My God in heaven. Shaka Baba. I love this scripture. Revelation 4.11 says, Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power, for you have created all things for your pleasure. He takes pleasure in being with you. (laughs) Jesus said in John chapter 17, Father, I desire. You are the desire of God. God that says you're perfect. God that says you're worth it. Come on, you're the desire of heaven. And the waters are stirring. He said, you know what? This morning, you're going to drink from the river of his pleasures. Mm, I got another translation here. I love this translation. It's called The Voice. I, I would suggest find it. It's beautiful language, especially if you're, if you're an artist. Uh, if you're a songwriter, I would, I would totally suggest, hey, hey, you get this translation. The Voice translation, I can't even talk. I'm such a mess. Your strong love, O oh God, is precious. All people run for shelter under the, sh- <laughs> under the shadow of your wings in your house, in your place of outpouring, in your tabernacle. Mm. They eat and are full at your table. They drink from the river of your overflowing kindness. I felt the kindness of the Lord this morning. I don't know if you did. I did. I have some, I love these scriptures. Uh, Titus chapter three, verses four through six. Oh, I love the word. Listen, but after that, the kindness and love of God, our savior toward men appeared. Not by works of righteousness, which we, have done, but according to his mercy, he saved us. Oh, what appeared? The kindness. The kindness and love of Jesus. Come on, friends. Come on, friends. Mm. Ephesians 2, verse 4, but God, who is rich in mercy for his great love, wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, has quickened us together with Christ by grace, you are saved and hath raised us up together and made us to sit together in heavenly places that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness (laughs) toward us in the Lord Jesus Christ. (sighs) The 
kindness of God. He said, he said you're gonna drink from the river of pleasure, from the river of kindness, from the river of grace. I'm so thirsty. Mm, come on, Jesus. Ah, shakaraba. Mm. I love this one. Isaiah 51, verse three. There are people in this room right now. You never know what the person next to you is going through. You never know. You know, that's why I love washing feet. Feet speak of your walk. I looked at that man's feet and I'm like, what is, I mean, you know, what is this, what has this man gone through? You know, you shake a man's hand. You, you, can, you, can, you can tell a lot about a man's handshake. See, a person's feet speaks a lot about their walk. You, you never know the journey that the person next to you has walked. You know, it's kind of like the lady we talked about with the alabaster the other night. Everyone in that room judged her worship, but they hadn't walked her walk. They don't know what she came from. You never be careful, always be careful to not judge someone's worship because you don't know what horrors they've gone through. We all have a story. Isaiah 51, verse three, for the Lord shall comfort Zion. He will comfort her waste places. Oh, do you have any waste places in your life this morning? Any stories, testimonies, hurts? Even some places you might not have shown people that's just a little too vulnerable, you know? Like when I took that man's shoe off, he didn't want me to see that. It was a waste place, but that water brought refreshing. Now, Hebrews 12, 22 tells us that we've come unto Mount Zion, unto the city of the living God. Now, we've, we now are Zion. So when it's saying here, for the Lord shall comfort Zion, he's, he's, talking about, he's talking about you this morning. Check this out. He says, for the Lord shall comfort Zion. He will comfort all. How many? All. How many? All. Her waste places. And here it goes. And he will make her wilderness like Eden. Come on, Jesus. He's going to turn your wilderness into Eden. Just sit on that for a minute. Cool thing. River of his pleasure, the word pleasure actually translates Eden. He said, you're going to drink from the rivers of Eden. Woo, shakaraba. I love the Song of Solomon. She says, I'm a garden enclosed. I'm a fountain sealed. Right now, we have come to a place of the Garden of Eden in the sense that that's the perfect place, the perfect habitation for God. When God created everything, what did he do? He planted a garden. And, and, and literally, I've studied it. I'm, I'm not saying there was a physical fence, but the idea that's given there is it's a place that's fenced in and closed away from everything else. You know, every king would have a garden off from his castle, and it, and it was just for him to go and take delight in the, the fragrance and the color and the incense and all those things. And he would take his most important friends to that garden. 
our king, we have a garden. And our life can be a garden enclosed and a fountain sealed. Why? Because we don't want anything but what God has for us. Shakababa. Yeah? But he says right here, and he will make her wilderness like Eden and her desert like the garden of the Lord. Woo! Joy and gladness. Everybody shout joy. joy. Shout it louder. Say joy. Joy. Ooh, that feels good, don't it? Mm-hmm. Meditate on that. Just walk around sometimes and just shout joy. Shout it again. Your joy. It says joy and gladness. 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 Joy. Joy. Gladness. Gladness. That feels good, don't it? Joy and gladness shall be found there. You're going to love this, guys. Thanksgiving and the voice of melody. Where do we find our melodies? In the garden. What? What? So in my life, Joy and gladness and thanksgiving and the sound of melody. In your life, see, you're the tabernacle now. You're the place of outpouring. What happens when you go to Starbucks when you leave here and you're just walking around happy? Imagine that. Church people that are happy. Shouldn't we be? It's a fruit of the Spirit, yeah? <laughs> I was so... Um, some would say drunk, some would say enamorated or whatever. Some, on the way to the falls, I just got blasted yesterday. I, I couldn't even stand in Starbucks. My daughter kept having to make me stand up. You can't face life sober anyways. Yeah? I mean, let's be real. We have to put on the mind of Jesus, that's what I'm saying. And when you do that, there's joy and gladness and thanksgiving. Yeah, I think so. Because we're going to drink of joy this morning. See, I'm not hyping you up. I actually believe this. Come on, somebody. <laughs> Roland Baker always says, well, when everything else fails, let's go to the Word. <laughs> He's making a point. <laughs> This should be my first source. Like, yeah, yeah, this should be my. <laughs> Psalm 46, starting in verse 1. I like how it starts. God is. We can just stop right there. I like preaching the word. You know, it's like God is. All right. <laughs> Amen. Let's take up the offering. And <laughs> Whatever problem you got this morning, God is. <laughs> Wherever you're going when you leave here this morning, God is. <laughs> so, I mean, it's like, 
What's his name? I am. <laughs> he said, I am. God is. He is. He is now. You know, if we're not careful, we always look to what God's going to do and look to what God has done, but we never stop to recognize the now. You will have a more powerful anointing in your life when you step into the revelation that God is. That's why I don't, I'm not being negative, I, but for me, Personally, I don't sing songs begging God to come. I make my language recognizing he is now. And I actually gave myself an assignment to only write songs that recognizes that he's here. To give the church language because faith comes by and hearing by the. So if I put the word in my songs, it'll, it will develop the people and a I still can't talk. It will develop in the people a greater ability to recognize the presence of God now. That he's tangible, that he's here. He can be touched. He can be felt. You can look at, even in the Old Testament, you know, everyone's like, I want to see your face. Well, his presence, face, face and presence are the same word in the Old Testament. You know, so God is, everybody shout it, God is. Our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. There's lots going on in the world right now, yeah? Lots going on in our families. The most profound thing that we can do is be a people that drink of the river of his pleasure. Be a messenger that stirs the waters everywhere we go. That's our answer. In the midst of all the stuff, be a people that, like in the book of Acts, they would say, they've been with Jesus because I carry the atmosphere everywhere I go. Smell, taste, feel, all the five senses. Could you imagine being so possessed and consumed and abiding in the presence of God that everywhere you go, things shift? Mm, I love living that way. That's the only way to live. Paul said, I live and move and have my being." In the presence of God. So God is our refuge and strength. You know, we sing songs too and we, we've sang it wrong. Who was and is and is to come. Do you know in Revelation 1.8, the exact translation is who is and was. That's the exact translation. Who is and was and is to come. Because he's always now. He's always a very present help. He is always with you. The psalmist said, if I make my bed in hell, there you are. If I soar on the wings of the morning, even there you are. Come on, Jesus. He's relentless in his pursuit for us. Therefore, we will not fear. Though the earth be removed and though the mountains be carried in the midst of the sea, though the waters thereof roar and be troubled, though the mountains shake with the swelling thereof, there is a river come on jesus there is 
a river whose streams make glad the city of our God. <laughs> and then it goes on. The holy place of the tabernacles. Who's the tabernacle? Got to stay in the light. <laughs> That'll preach too. You got to stay in the light. Right up in here. <laughs> Think about it. 1 Corinthians 3.16, know you not that you're the temple of God, the tabernacle of God, and the, the spirit of God dwells in you. 1 Corinthians 6.19, do you not know that your body is a tabernacle? Who did he just say that he dwells in the midst of? There is a river, the streams whereof make glad the city of our God, the holy place, the tabernacles of the most high God. Who's the tabernacle? Who's the holy place? Do you know that inside of you there is a most holy place? You are the tabernacle. You are the priest of your tabernacle. Where, where's the river? In the midst of the tabernacles. <laughs> where's the river of pleasure? In the midst of the tabernacles. Ezekiel 47, who's the tabernacle? Ezekiel 47, Ezekiel sees the tabernacle. And it says, out from under the door flowed a river of living water. And every step, it got deeper. And they would measure. At first, it was ankle deep. Then it was knee deep. Then it was waist deep. And it, we can go on and on, but it ended up being a river you had to swim in. And it says that everywhere the river goes, where? Everywhere. Everywhere the living water goes, it brings life. All around the pool, there are people waiting. Everywhere the river goes, all around the pool, everywhere the, everywhere the river goes, it brings life. Every, if, if I, you know, I was just on the Syrian war border in the Middle East. Everywhere... The river, Jesus said, out of your belly will flow rivers of living water. Come on, Jesus. Is he in us or is he coming on us? Yes. <laughs> See, every step. Notice, the further they walked, the deeper the water. Every step of obedience in your life, every step of getting in the word and getting deeper in worship, every step you take, you can step deeper into the revelation of God. And the more revelation, the more manifestation will come out of your life. Come on, somebody. The Bible says, the secret things belong to the Lord, but once they're revealed, they belong to you. Come on, somebody. <laughs> Once they're revealed, they belong to you. It becomes yours. See, Jesus already died for you, yeah? But you didn't become saved until it was revealed to you. But it was already done. A lot of people today preach the finished work on the cross. There is an, a, 
That is true. But where it gets off is God has given you all things, but it doesn't belong to you at any given moment. It only comes with revelation. I can prove it. The word for mystery in the New Testament is the word mysterion, and it actually means that God is un constantly unveiling himself and inviting you into the revealing. But it only comes by intimacy, and it only comes by you taking each step. It's like, you know, um, I want to be careful how I say this. God does tease us. He does. He does. Read the Song of Solomon. <laughs> he does. Why? Because he's always inviting you deeper. Come, come. See this? Oh, it can be yours, but I need you to come deeper now. It's kind of like the Song of Solomon where the lady is, says, you know, oh, I, I lay on my bed, but my heart is awake. You know, she's already in a place of intimacy. She's already in bed, you know, just given the picture of Mary, intimacy. She's already dressed in white. You know, she's, she's got a level of intimacy. But then God comes to the door and says, come away with me, my love. But I'm already in bed. No, come, come with me, my love. I'm already dressed in white. I'm already in bed, comfortable. But God's saying, okay, don't get comfortable. This is just the beginning, to quote pastor. Now, it's, now he's going to take you deeper. Another place where uh, the king comes to the Shulamite and he says, come, come with me to the mountain. And she goes, no, until the dawn breaks and the shadows flee away, turn, my love. What was she saying? I don't have enough revelation to walk up there. It's scary up there. You know, it's dark up there. Like, wait till, wait till dawn. He didn't ask her to wait. He was inviting her deeper. Come on, somebody. He didn't ask her, what do you know? He was like, I'm going to show you things that you've never seen. You're going to drink from a river of pleasure, and your eyes are going to open. Come on, Jesus. Hallelujahs. So we are the tabernacle, and he says in the midst of the tabernacle, there's a river. And it goes on and on and on and on. But for time's sake, I'm just going to end here in Genesis chapter 2 verses 8 through 15 you'll find what I'm about to, to give to you this morning Eden river of pleasure river of Eden he's going to turn your wilderness into an Eden and your desert into a garden so I, th I think we should just go check out the garden of Eden yeah well Eden means pleasure it means paradise it's the perfect habitation for God's object of affection, us, yeah? And the Bible says, out of Eden flowed into the garden. See, God created Eden, and then the east of Eden, he planted a garden. And the Bible says that out of Eden, which is a type of heaven, it's a type of the glory being released, he goes, flowed for one river that broke into four riverheads. Is everybody with me? So we're at the Garden of Eden, and into Eden came four rivers. This is a powerful revelation. 
If I'm going to drink from the river of his pleasure, and then I'm going to release a river of his pleasure. As I've been telling you all weekend, you become what you behold. What you behold in God, the revelation you get in God has a corresponding response in you. Because what God does is he does a work in you and then he does a work through you. Amen. That's why faith comes by hearing. When we get the revelation, then it becomes tangible. Faith is that hand that goes into the supernatural and pulls it into the natural. It's tangible. Amen. So the first river that flowed out of Eden into the garden was the river Pishon. It's a cool river, man. <laughs> out of Eden into the garden. So we could say right now this morning, as we began to worship, this river just began to flow in this room. This river means freedom, literally. Out of Eden into the garden flowed a river of freedom. Whew, do you think he did that by accident? Absolutely not. Do you need some freedom this morning? Need another level of freedom in your life this morning? Anybody in your family need a river of freedom this morning? Because right now, all around this pool, you guys, there are people that need to be washed and drink from a river of freedom. And then when you leave here, you can become, see a man. You'd be like, I just tasted freedom. You want real freedom? And it flows out of your belly. Jesus said it. Out of your belly. How's that going to happen? Revelation. Revelation brings manifestation. Once you get the, you know, once you get the revelation that in his presence there is fullness. Bam. I know it's fullness of joy. I like to stop at fullness because it's like in his presence there's fullness. God is and Jesus said I am. He is a very present help. He is here now. He is your freedom. Amen. Amen. I'm talking in Portuguese now. You got me talking in Portuguese. <laughs> Second Corinthians 3.17. Now the Lord is that spirit. And where the spirit of the Lord is, there is what? Freedom. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there is what? Freedom. Oh, we sang that this morning. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Mm, 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 mm. I need the snap, you know. Boom. <laughs> John 8 36 if the son has set you free you are free indeed just look at your neighbor and say you're free see God doesn't do behavior modification come on somebody the only thing he could do with your old man is kill it You've been given a new nature, and you find that new nature by getting in the word and meditating on the word. But your old nature has no right to you anymore. He does not do behavior modification. That person is dead. And you've been given a new life, new, neos, kainos. Kainos means new in quality and character, new in heavenly and glory. Come on, somebody. I prophesy that over myself. The Bible says that I have been recreated after the image of God and righteousness and holiness. I walk around and I say, Father, I thank you 
that you've created me after yourself in righteousness and holiness. I am a holy man. I'm a man that drips oil everywhere I go. I'm a revival waiting to happen. The glory of God is fresh on me. You said I found my servant David and I have anointed him with fresh oil. And I'm, a, I'm in the heart of David. God, I have the heart of David. I'm a worshiper like David. Therefore, I'm anointed with fresh oil this morning. Come on, somebody. Amen. So, river of freedom. <laughs> Galatians 5.1, stand fast, therefore, in the liberty and the freedom wherewith Christ has made you free. What did he say? Stand fast. Stand in it. Take your place. You are not a weak person. You have Christ in you. We are not a weak church. Jesus isn't waiting for the church to fizzle out and be some weak, you know, um, community. We are the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. Come on, friends. And we are free. Come on. Romans 6.22, but now having been set free from sin and having become slaves of God, you have your fruit to holiness. Mm -mm 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 -mm. And the end, everlasting life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm going to move on so we can keep going here. The next first river is the river Pishon, which means freedom. The second river is the river Jihon. Don't you want to know what that one means? Jihon means breakthrough. There's a river stirring in this room right now of freedom and breakthrough. And he's just waiting for you to drink of it. Drink it in. Drink it in. And the Bible says wherever there's living water goes, it comes to life. One of the places it says that, it says in Ezekiel uh, 47, it says that the ri that river went into the Dead Sea and the waters became alive. So maybe that revelation is not alive in you yet, but when you drink it this morning, baby, it's going to come alive. Because wherever the river, living water goes, boom, it brings life. It's that moment. It's that rhema moment. Boom. Oh, my God. It's like when you first found out Jesus loves you and you didn't think anybody else knew it. Man, Jesus loves me. And they're like, yeah, cool. You're like, no, nah, you don't get it. You don't understand. He loves me. And you think no one else knows. That's a beautiful moment. But it's very real. I've had people, oh, my God, you're not going to believe what Jesus told me this morning. What? He's my freedom. That's awesome. No, you don't understand. Micah 2, verse 12, I will surely assemble, O Jacob, all of thee. I will surely gather the remnant of Israel. I will put them together as the sheep of Basra and as, as the flock in the midst of their fold. They shall make a great noise by reason of the multitude of men. The breaker. Everybody say breakthrough. breakthrough. Everybody say breakthrough. breakthrough. Look at your neighbor and say breakthrough. I'm doing this on purpose. Faith comes by hearing. Breakthrough. He says, the breaker has come up before you. What? David called him the Lord of the breakthrough. What do you need breakthrough for this morning? He's in the room. <laughs> Freedom, breakthrough, and if that's not enough, what's behind the next door? I'm glad you asked me. The river Euphrates. Oh, this is a good one. I'll lay hands on myself. 
<laughs> I'm so messed up. The river Euphrates. Euphrates means provision. I'm going to dance right there for a minute. I'll just dance by myself. Somebody can join me if you want to. But No, it's amazing. Freedom, provision, and breakthrough. Provision, and my God, shall. Do you know shall is the most emphatic word in the Bible? If he said he'll do it, he's not a man that he should lie, neither the son of man that he should repent. If he said it, he will do it. He said, I will provide all your needs according to his riches and glory. My God shall supply all my needs according to his riches and glory. Come on, friend. I love it when the word just unfolds and like, whoa. He said, you're going to drink from the rivers of pleasure, the rivers of Eden. He, he's going to turn your wilderness into Eden. Well, what does Eden look like? Nothing missing, nothing broken. I, you know, I'm kind of simple, you know. Someone says, well, what is the will of God about this? I said, well, was there sickness in the garden? No. Was there poverty in the garden? Absolutely not. Man was alive to God. Sin brought in poverty, sickness, and spiritual death. Jesus broke all that. He who knew no sin became sin. Cursed is any man that hangs upon a tree. All the curses that came in through the sin of Eden was abolished with, with Jesus. Come on, friend. So it has no right to me. My wife was given three months to live when she was 16 years old. They looked at her mother and said, there's no chance. She's going to die. She has three months. Now, this was 27 years ago. 28 years ago so she had leukemia so back then it was very new people were dying every now they have a pill they can give people but back then they put her in a room this big no exaggeration to to do radiation on her she sat there with her hands up like this and they you know um, um, you know put radiation all over her body but you know what she did <laughs> she made a tabernacle her mother and her father made her hospital room into a tabernacle. They put the word of God on the walls. She found a scripture. Actually, marrow is in the Bible. It says, let the word of God be marrow to your bones. She was getting a bone marrow transplant. And you know what they did? They played worship 24-7 in her hospital room. It was back in the early days. I am the God that healeth thee. I still love I am the Lord, your healer. I sent my word and healed your disease. I am the Lord, your healer. Give thanks with a grateful heart. Give thanks. My, my wife, 16 at this point, 17 years old. They're telling her she's going to die. She didn't, you know, and... Um, they actually told her, get ready, you're going to lose all your hair. And she was a little faith girl, Pastor. She goes, uh-uh. She goes, God said he'd give me the desires of my heart, and I'm not going to lose my hair. And her mom was like, oh, honey, 
And by means, if anyone in here has lost your hair, I'm, not, I'm just saying what God did for my wife, okay? And so she would be like, uh-uh, no, God told me. God told me. I'm not, and, and her mom would be like, honey, I've got enough faith for you to, you know, make it through the transplant, but I don't have enough faith for your hair. And she's like, I'm not losing my hair. My wife never lost her hair during radiation and chemo. They eventually cut it, but she never lost a hair. Do you know God wants freedom, provision, and breakthrough even for those little things that maybe no one else cares about but you? Do you know that he cares about it for you? Because he's kind. He's so... He is absolutely so beautifully kind and so beautifully graceful. He so loves you. And he said, I'm a very present help in any situation that you're going through. And I want you to drink from a river of pleasure because I take pleasure in you. I say you are good. I believe you. I, don't, I know what this world and commercials and um, you know, television shows are telling you, but I, God, say you are worth it. You are perfect. You have what it takes you are beautiful. You are lovely to me. <sighs> so the last river, anybody want to know what number four is? <laughs> the last river is the river Tigris. And when you, you understand the name when you see the map, but Tigris surrounded all the other places. It was like circled it. And, uh, um, oh, I'm a, a mess. And Tigris actually means encircling. So prophetically, what, what does that say to us? I believe what it says to us is that God is surrounding us with the river of his pleasure. What, what, Jason, what does that mean? He's saying, I surround you with my presence. I surround you with the manifestation of my goodness. When Moses said, show me your glory, God said, I'll let my goodness pass before you. Mm. Hallelujah. It means right now, the, the heavenly reality, my friends, that is more real than the chair you're sitting on is that there is a manifestation of God a river of his pleasure, a river of freedom, a river of breakthrough, a river of provision waiting for you to jump in. God sent me here as a messenger this morning to stir some waters up. Because for you, personally, this is a Kairos moment. For you, corporately, this is a Kairos moment. And for this nation, it's a Kairos moment. Stand to your feet for a moment, please. I want to read you a quote from, uh, from St. Patrick. I actually live in the city. It's the second largest celebration in the world of St. Patrick. So I've studied quite a bit about his life. He's actually a phenomenal man of revelation. And there is a uh, prayer that he would pray that he's quoted on. And I think it... it it says everything that I just said from a really cool perspective. 
close your eyes for a moment. I want to read this over you. It says, as I arise today, may the strength of God pilot me. The power of God uphold me. The wisdom of God guide me. May the eye of God look before me. The ear of God hear me. The word of God speak for me. May the hand of God protect me. The way of God lie before me. The shield of God defend me. The host of God save me. May Christ shield me today. My God, these are beautiful words. This man had a revelation. And here it is. This is the encircling. I, I was searching for something to express it. And I just thought, you know, he said it so well. This is what he says. Christ with me. Christ for me. Christ behind me. Christ in me. Christ beneath me. Christ above me. Christ on my right. Christ on my left. Christ when I lie down. Christ when I sit. Christ when I stand. Christ in the heart of everyone who thinks of me. Christ in the mouth of everyone who speaks of me. Christ in every eye that sees me. Christ in every ear that hears me. And then he says, Amen. Speak to those who are in this room. You've been waiting for some answers. You've been waiting for a stirring of the waters. You know, in the Pool of Bethesda, it says that the first one in received the miracle. I, I, I think of what that speaks of is that hunger for the move of God. I, I told the guys yesterday at lunch, I said, someone asked me, said, when did you get saved? And I said, well, I've answered hundreds of altar calls. <laughs> I, I, I mean, if God's moving, I'm in. I, it's a spiritual law that me and my my tribe, if you will, the guys that I, my spiritual father taught us, if God's moving, you go after it. You don't wait. I mean, and he lives it. He was, one day he was at his home in Fort Mill, South Carolina, and he turned on, he never turned on the television, but for some reason that day he did, and, and he saw a, a revival meeting, and, and it was tangible even through the screen without even thinking about it. He said, Marty? I'm getting in the car. She goes, Dan, that's 10 hours away. He said, God's moving. I'm getting in. Sometimes we wait too much. See, some of you are already thinking, I should be down there. You should be down here. Don't wait for me to do an altar call. How hungry are you? God's moving. You get in. See, that's, that's the mindset you need to start. This place is made for the river, so therefore the river's moving. <laughs> God's moving. You're like, I'm getting in. And so I don't think it speaks of like, well, only one person if they come. No, I, I think it's just saying, you know what? We should have such an expectancy and such an urgency in our spirit that when we recognize the presence of God. And, and one other thing that's happening here, if, if I may say just prophetically, you know, You've been in a season of, of um, rebuilding and renaming and even with the CD and all these different things. 
And so what God does is he begins to raise the level. He begins to raise your spiritual senses. For instance, when they were going through the wilderness, you know, they were going through the desert, they had a cloud by day and a fire by night. It didn't really take much spiritual maturity for them to know, you know, that God was there because he, he, they saw a cloud by day and a fire by night. And we have that in our life. There are times in our life where, where people will send messengers and we'll see these signs and we'll see these wonders. And, and those are signs to make you wonder, but they're also to make you grow spiritually. But for them to go into the promised land, God said, okay, now you're no longer going to have manna every day. You're no longer going to have a fire by night in a cloud, a, you know, fire by night, cloud by day, whatever. I'm not going to give you that anymore. Now you got to follow the guy carrying the ark. So what does that mean? He was saying, you know, now it's time to, and, and you're doing this already. You're, you're in a maturing process. That's the acceleration. That's the amplification that I think they said. So now God's saying, now I'm raising the level. No longer is it going to be, you know, like normal. He's saying now the presence is going to be so thick. When I start moving, you just got to follow it. Don't wait. Don't wait. Because these guys, think about the guys in the desert. They, they always had something to lead them. But then all of a sudden, God says, okay, now you're not going to have those things anymore. I'm going to speak to you in a whole nother level, a whole nother dimension. And that takes hunger. That takes constraining, not striving but constrained in the sense of God's moving. I'm jumping in and I'm going to get everything he has for me. That's what happened with the guys from the road to Emmaus. On the road to Emmaus, it says they reasoned together and Jesus came to them. And then it says he acted like he was going to keep walking. I think that is hilarious. It literally says he acted as if he would keep walking and they constrained him to stay. What does that mean? They they jumped in the moment. They recognized the presence. They were like, if he, something, my spirit's burning and I recognize God on that. So they responded and what happened? He came and sat at a table and he broke the bread. Whoo! says that he broke the bread and their eyes opened. Hallelujah. The river is flowing. <laughs> So right now, just begin. Whatever's happening inside of you, I just encourage you, let it flow out of you. Christ is here.